This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Blessings on all of you. You know, I know many of you put prayer requests down there, and so I'm going to give you a little God thought here that we can jump in here together. Uh, you know, when the Jews would move into the area of the, the feast that's coming on this time of year, this is uh, Psalm 118, verse 25. If you'd like to write things down, but as they would move in for the feast, their, their prayer, better yet, their expectation was this. They would say, save now, O God. I say, save now. Prosper now, O God. I say, prosper now. That, that was their expectation. So what would happen today if we, we had that expectation? And I know many of you have these up here and you put a cross on your phone or you took that. Let, let that be a reminder, but I, I encourage you, pray that expectation. And whether it's a brother or a family, say, oh, Lord, in the month of April, here in Easter season, we welcome you to save. Save now, oh, God, I say save now. All right, just a quick thought for you. Well, if you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand? Our ushers would gladly get you one. Once you get a Bible, go with me to 1 Samuel 2. 1 Samuel 2, and I know many of you were not at the Men of Iron, but many times I have, especially wives, say, and I wish you would preach some of the stuff you preached at that, and so I'm, I'm going to highlight some of this that I believe will speak to us again here today in this area. So as you're turning to 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 2, just some quick introduction here to get us going. You know, the, the Lord said in John 10, 10, the thief, which is the devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so anytime you see stealing, killing, and destroying, you can always remember who's responsible for that. But the Lord Jesus said, I, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. And so God's desire for us is not just we live and breathe and go 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, but we, we have life, the God kind of life, that I actually enjoy life. Does anybody in here right now, do you really enjoy life? I enjoy life. And you, you may say, I don't, I don't enjoy life. Well, we need to pray God will touch you today, okay? And so highlight one other verse before we jump in here to 1 Samuel 2. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, your adversary, your opponent. And some of you say, I didn't know we had an adversary. I didn't know we had an opponent. It's not your mother-in-law. It's my husband. He's of the devil. No. Oh, man, where am I? Train of thought here. Come back, Lord. Come back. Your adversary, your opponent, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so in that thought right there, seeking whom he may devour, he wants to devour you. He wants to devour your marriage. He wants to devour your children. And we have obstacles that come at us, but we also have weapons, the name of Jesus, the blood. 
that Jesus has given us great authority. So part of that is going to hit, highlight on this today. And so we start here in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse number 12. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. And you say, okay, wait, 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 who's Eli? Eli would be the Old Testament high priest. And so Eli right here, he's got a title. He's got a position. He's a high priest. And many of us in here, we, we have titles. We have, we have positions. But one thing I want to point out here about Eli, he's got a higher calling than that of the high priest, and it's called daddy. It's called Father. And I just don't want to throw Eli in there as daddy. I want to throw moms in there too. We got a house full of moms. But that's our highest calling. That I think many times we get off and we think, you know, the title or the position I'm in at work, and I'm not downplaying work. But God put us in a position with our children to make a difference. So Eli here, it says he's the, he's the high priest and his, his boys were corrupt. Now we got another problem because his boys are the priest. So the priest, the, these two guys that show up to the house of God each week, they're corrupt. So just because I got a title and just because I go to church, it doesn't mean I'm right with God. And this is what the Bible's highlighting. It's, it's very easy for us to get caught up in our who instead of our do. I'm who God says it. It's not about my do. It's not what I do. It's who I am in Christ Jesus. Did I get that backwards? Maybe. Keep reading. They did not know the Lord. They did not know the Lord. Now, wait, wait, wait. Time out. These are the priests. They didn't know the Lord. So if they didn't know the Lord, who'd they know? So when you see there it says they didn't know the Lord, it literally meant they wouldn't obey him or they wouldn't fear him. Regardless of my title. And so when you go back and you look at this, this is all spilling over from previous generations because if you look at the end of Judges, you would go Judges, Ruth, and then Samuels. So the Judges were coming into the time period of Samuel. But the last verse of, of Judges 21, Judges 21, 25, it says, they all did what was right in their own eyes. Now, just a quick thought for you. What would happen if you lived by whatever you thought was right in your own eyes. Now, if that was me, oh, Jesus, we'd be in bad shape. What, what do you mean by doing what's right in my own eyes? I, I take the Word of God out of the equation. You know what? I, I can live however I, I want. Well, you can. But you're not going to reap success out of sin. Not going to happen. You can live however you want, but something happens when we follow God's plan. Same chapter, verse 22. 
Now, Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all of Israel. Now, the word Israel, that's God's chosen folk. And so they did evil to all Israel. And how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. So literally what this is at the tabernacle of the meeting, these ladies would come there to serve, to assist the priest in the washing of hands, which was a custom of theirs. So they're going to the church to serve and Eli's two sons, they think we got a little fringe benefit here. We're, we're going to lay with the women. Now, I said this on Thursday night. That doesn't mean they were taking a nap together, okay? Now, I know this biblically because at the end of 1 Samuel 4, Finus had a wife. He's married. So if you're married and doing what he's doing, the Bible calls that adultery. That's not good. That's the priest. So if the priest is that messed up, what's he promoting to the church? Verse 23. So Eli said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. I hear of everything you're doing. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear that you make the Lord's people transgress. Now listen, you make the Lord's people transgress. Not only have you jacked up your own life, you're jacking up other people's lives. You make them transgress. You make them trespass. And this is, this is powerful right here. Verse 25. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede or pray for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father. They wouldn't listen. You know, the Bible clarifies that. It says in the Proverbs, he who loves correction is wise, but he who doesn't like correction is stupid. Now, don't elbow your neighbor, okay? He's talking to you. Stupid. <laughs> no, the Bible's very clear that who the Lord loves, he corrects. I'm going to give you a word that may help you. Would you welcome God's coaching? See, that makes it a little easier when we think, God's not correct. He's coaching me. And so you know what the job of a coach is? A coach sees potential. He sees the things within you, so he coaches you to get better to bring out the potential. And that's what God desires to do with us. And so watch the last part here of verse 25. Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of the Father because the Lord desired to kill them. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, you read it correctly. So what happens with mankind is there's a certain limit of sin, and I don't know what that is. 
But when sin passes this certain threshold, God is very consistent to his judgment. And if you go back and look in the days of Noah, they warned and they warned and they warned. And what ultimately happened? Judgment. The whole earth was flooded. Eight of them made it. That was it. Noah and his boys. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Curly, Moe, and Larry, if that helps you. Some of you don't even know who Curly, Moe, and Larry are, do you? <laughs> That's the three stooges, okay? <laughs> Sometimes they say things that I realize, man, we got some young generation in here. But you see the consistency of God with Abraham in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. So God's judgment is consistent here. But I believe, too, in this, when you look at this, this is also a warning for me and you. The day's coming that if we're still here, when Jesus shows back, we're going to be judged. Quite a thought, huh? So they don't heed thanks. Things doesn't get any better. 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Let me throw something in here with Samuel. Samuel would be the future prophet. Samuel was in total contrast to Eli's sons and Samuel. They wouldn't listen. Samuel listened. It, it said that he, he drew near to God. Actually, it says the word for word. In stature, in favor, both with the Lord and with men. That's how Samuel grew. With, with favor and statue, with men and God. Right there. The reason I highlight that, if you go back and look, it's Luke 2.52 that the Lord Jesus, he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. The, why, the reason I point this out is because when it took place with Jesus, he was 12 years old. Something happens when we as parents lead and guide and coach our children into the things of God at a young age. Now, if that didn't happen out of young age, it doesn't disqualify you, but I'm gonna ask you to do something right now. If you're here this morning and your life was impacted by the things of God through your parents at a young age, raise your hand, I wanna see you. And there's a bunch of you. You ought to tell your parents, thank you. That, that is such a blessing for that to happen. And so you see the significance in God's eyes. Remember the Lord said, don't, don't forsake the children for coming. Get your children to church. And children's church here isn't about babysitting, okay? They're going to put the word of God within them. So it goes on to say, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, but the, Lord of the, the, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. The word of the Lord was scarce those days. That didn't mean there wasn't Bibles. It just meant there wasn't any, any need for the word of God, any need for the Bible. But without the word of God, we get into trouble. Doesn't matter who you are. You know, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you get into God's word, God will get into you. It's huge. And another thing with the word of God, it's one thing to read the word of God. It's one thing to believe the word of God. It's one thing to know the word of God. But it only goes into effect when I start acting on the word of God. And one of the ways I encourage you to begin to find the word of God, find scriptures that pertain to your life, and then begin to speak them over yourself. That's literally the rhema. That's the spoken word of God. So what happens is when I get my mouth in line with the word of God and I speak it out, I'm saying over my life the very things God said for me. God said to me. I can. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I can. The next time your life is in a pickle, Philippians 4, I can. I thank you, Father God. I can do all things through Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. That's Romans 8. Romans 8, I'm more than a conqueror. And you said, Pastor, if I said that right now, I'd be telling such a big lie. No. Romans 4, 17 says, God calls those things that be not as though they are. You start speaking the word of God, and I'm telling you, the word of God will start moving in your life. So the word of God was scarce in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm going to do something in Israel which both the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Now, Israel, God's chosen. And he said, I'm, I'm going to do something in Israel that ears are going to tingle. Well, literally what that means, the ears tingle, was used in a form of whore to illustrate what God was going to do to the high priest Eli and his sons. In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I've spoken concerning his house from beginning end to end. So listen. I'm not only going to judge Eli, I'm going to judge his house. I'm going to judge his children. I'm going to judge his marriage. I'm going to judge everything within his house. Verse 13. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. Now the word iniquity, it means prolonged sin. Long sin. He said, I'm going to judge your house for the iniquity that you know. In other words, you're the daddy. You're the head of the home. And you knew about it, partner. And you didn't do anything to stop it. Oof. He goes on to say, because his sons made themselves vile, dirty, evil, and even bad. Look at the end of verse 13. But he did not restrain them. He didn't rebuke them. The job of the father, the job of the mother. Proverbs 22, 7 says, train up your children in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. You know, I think it's one of the greatest prayers right now to say, Lord, grace me. You call me to be a daddy, grace me. You call me to be a mama, Grace me. Help me, Lord Jesus, help me. And many times as parents, man, we're in over our head with our children, 
Any of you ever been in over your head with children? But I don't punt. I don't quit. And sometimes parents will say, well, you know what? I, I wish there was an owner's manual when they came out of the womb that there's an owner manual tied around their little ankle. There is an owner's manual. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I- Come on, sing that with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We need the word of God. So he goes on to say, and you didn't restrain him. You didn't restrain him, Eli. And so things didn't get any better. So let me paraphrase real quick what begins to take place. Israel goes to battle against the Philistines, Goliath's cousins, and they get wiped out, they lose. And when I, realize, I read that Israel loses, can you imagine Father God gazing down on this place called the earth and knowing his chosen are being defeated? It had to break his heart. It had to wound his heart. So they get defeated, 1 Samuel 4. Verse 3, 1 Samuel 4, verse 3. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Why has God defeated us today before the Philistines? They blame God for losing. They have no thought it could be because we're in sin. We don't repent. So when I look at this and read this, I look at their thinking, God, you're obligated. We're, we're your chosen people. You're obligated. When we pray, you got to answer us. It's almost like, God, when we call on you, you show up and you jump through the hoop. God, you're, you're the puppet. And I wonder that how many times with us, we live like the devil and we don't ever call out to God, we don't ever repent, but yet when all hell breaks loose in our life, we call out to God and we say, move on delay, Senor. We, we look at God like a life preserver. Bail us out, now this may, this may freak you out what I'm gonna say, but it's okay. We treat God like this big sugar daddy in the sky. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name's Jimmy. I'll take all that you'll gimme. If your name's Jimmy, I don't want to throw darts at you, okay? <laughs> so look what their answer was to this. Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes out among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. You, you may have never studied the Ark of the Covenant, but what it was like, it was like a, a chest or a trunk that was just decorated in, in incredible golden stuff. And inside the chest was the laws of God, the Ten Commandments. It was a reminder of the presence of God. 
But in this verse, twice, I see the word at the end, it. When it comes from Shiloh to us, when it comes to us, it may save us. It. God's not an it. So they look to the it as the protector instead of looking to him as the protector. And, and they view God as kind of like a lucky charm, a, a relic. And, and I wonder how many times that we do that. Well, I'm a Christian in name. I know how to pray in other tongues. I, I, I read my Bible. Actually, I got 10 different translations. I wear a cross around my neck. I got a fish emblem on my car. I got a t-shirt that says part of the God squad. But do we put more stock in the it? Or do we actually look to him? See, many times we, we try to clarify or rationalize, justify our actions and our behaviors and say, Father God, I, I want you. I need you. See, our relationship with God isn't, isn't based on religion. It's based on a relationship. And we need to have a relationship, and some of us need to say, Lord, I, I need a fresh relationship. See, God... God's not into dating. God's into marrying. He, he's, he's wanting all of it. He doesn't want a piece of me. He wants all of me. And so look what happens here. So the people sent to Shiloh that they may bring from the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons, Eli and Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. Now, the reason I read that verse is leading the charge with the ark is these two men of great faith and power, Finus and Hophni, the two that were sleeping with the women in the church, the two that wouldn't obey the word of God. So I don't know about you, that would make me feel real comfortable that these two yahoos are who's representing me. The truth is the matter, you don't want any people representing you, you want Jesus representing you. I don't want to look to men, I want to look to Jesus. So they go to battle, they get wiped out. Just an old fashioned rear kicking is what happens. 30,000 soldiers die in one day. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, they're dead. They get wiped out, and the Ark of the Covenant is taken. Meanwhile, back in Shiloh, the Old Testament high priest, Eli, he, he's, having, he's having a glass of tea sitting on the porch in his balcony, and he's wondering what's going on at the battle. And all of a sudden, this Benjamite shows up, and, and he says, tell me what's going on. And he said, we got wiped out, 30,000. Your two sons are dead. And the Ark of the Covenant has been captured. And it says when that took place, he flipped over in his rocking chair and broke his neck and he died. He's dead. The chilling prophecy's fulfilled. But that wasn't the end. Finus' wife is having a baby. 
and she has a baby in the midst of childbirth, she dies. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. She has a little boy. They name him Ichabod. Ichabod means the glory's departed. The glory of God is gone. It's gone. Where'd it go? What happened to the Ark of the Covenant? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. 1 Samuel 5, verse 1. Then the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it from Ezra to Ashdod. They bring in the Ark of the Covenant. So these Philistines, this is their thinking. We captured God. Not only did we capture God, we kicked God's tail. We whipped him. But the problem with that thinking is you can't capture God. You can't confine God. You try to put God in a box, he'll get out. Even in America, when we tell God you're no longer welcome in our schools, even when you tell God you're no welcome in our courthouses, we don't believe in the 10 suggestions anymore. You can't put God in a box. Back then or nowadays. Verse 2. So when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and they set it by Dagon. Who the crud's Dagon? Dagon was the, the primary god of the Philistines. He's a statue. And he has the torso, the arms, and the head of a man, but his lower body's that of a fish. Crazy thought that someone would worship that, huh? So with Odagon here, it says, they took him into the house of Dagon, the shrine. And they set up the Ark of the Covenant next to Dagon, this abomination. Here's, here's the Ark of the Covenant. Here's Dagon. In the Philistines' eyes, the Ark of the Covenant is the loser or the vanquished. And Dagon is the victor. So the vanquished is going to give homage to the victor, they think. But what they don't realize is the prophetic doesn't ever bow to the pathetic. <laughs> God is never going to bow to anything of the devil, okay? And this is nothing but the devil. Verse 3. Oh, get ready, get ready. You know what? If you like to shout, then shout. This is some good stuff here. And when the people of Ashdod rose early in the morning, there was Odagon fallen on his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So when he fell on the face, he, he fell prostrate on the ground as though he's worshiping before God. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He's Lord. Either willingly or unwillingly, but today coming, you're going to bow. And so they go on to say in verse, so they took old Dagon, they set him up in its place again. Stay right here, Dagon. <laughs> Stay right here. Sit up and salute, boy. Verse 4. I'm having fun. I like this. <laughs> and so when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon falling on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. 
The head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left therein. Now, when it says it was broken off, you know what it literally states? It was cut off. In other words, oh, Dagon was dismembered. <laughs> you messed with the wrong God. And whether you like this or not, Dagon, our God has the final word. Our, our, our God gets the last laugh. Verse 5. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor any who came into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod to this day. To this day. They said, we're not going in there. We're not getting near that. Now, I could keep going on in this, but I don't know that we want to hear this today. It gets pretty rough. There's some crazy stuff in there. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Let me, let me paraphrase for you real quick. So God sends a plague upon the people of the Philistines, all the Dagon worshipers. There's a plague that goes on them. He said they had tumors. Those tumors were actually hemorrhoids. So they're in crazy pain. They need to relieve themselves from the pain. But they didn't realize too that part of the plague was there was an infestation of mice. Now get ready, don't freak out when I say this, okay? Don't lose your salvation. They, <laughs> this is nuts out here. They, they go to relieve themselves and these, these mice would run up in their bodies and pull their bowels out. I told you some crazy stuff. Don't mess with God. Hemorrhoids, mice. Verse 7, I'll, I'll, I'll move real quick. And when the man, that's crazy stuff, man. When the men of Ashdod saw it was, they said, the ark of God of Israel must not remain with us for his hand is harsh toward us and Dagon our God. So you know what they're saying? Man, get God out of here. Get him out of here. But the truth of the matter is, Dagon's got to bow. He bows to the name of Jesus, to the blood of Jesus. And so what I see here is, is Dagon wants to, to rip us off. He, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and many of you, the, the, the Dagon of fear in your life's got to bow to faith. The, the Dagon of failure's got to, to, to bow to success. The Dagon that has tried to tell some of you, you're not going to dream anymore. You're not going to walk in college. That's got to bow, okay? It's got to bow. Now, I want to read something to you here in the passing, the Passion Translation. This is Colossians 2, verse 14, 15. Let, let this soak into you because this is Jesus' desire for every one of us in here. He canceled out every legal violation we had on record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. And it's a double shout for this boy. Thank you. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. 
Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross, nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. <laughs> wow. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness. Ever demon and ever devil and Satan, he made a public spectacle. It's like in the belly of hell when Jesus was there for the three days and night, he had a parade and he prayed at all the principalities and powers. All through hell, he made an open display of them. And it goes on to say, he stripped away from them all their weapons and all their spiritual authority and a power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. <laughs> they were his. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So I want to give you a little simple acronym on the word bow. The entire center of bow is we, we bow to Jesus. We don't bow to nothing else. We darn sure don't bow to Dagon, the pathetic. But the acronym of bow, the B says, believe only in Jesus. The O says, Obey only Jesus. And the W says, worship only Jesus. And so when I begin to live my way by, by those acronyms about, man, get ready. The goodness of God is going to come upon us. God's going to move in every one of us. But today, God doesn't want the Dagons that are trying to destroy your life to cause you to bow. The Dagons that are trying to destroy your marriage. The, the, the Dagons that are, they're after your children, your grandchildren. I, I don't know what the Dagons are in your life that are trying to say, you're gonna bow to, no. Dagons gotta go. Why don't you stand up here with me? I believe many times in our life when we get stumped in life, where life comes at us real hard. If we would call upon the Lord and say, Lord, I need your grace, I need your mercy, I need your help. As a dad, as a mom, I need your help as a husband, as a wife, I need your help. Maybe you're single right now, I need your help. Lord, I need your help. This is how we fight our battles. Friday night, the, the man who blessed us with his speaking, he used the word that really imprinted on my heart. He said, maybe we need to change our posture. It, it was one of the most moving Services I've been in in a long time. That as men, men of iron, we, we bowed. 
No one was forced to bow. It's not like I'm going to put a gun to your head and say, bow, boy, bow. It's something in my heart. And the reason I say that, every day we bow to something. I want to bow to the King of Kings. I, I, I want to bow to him and let him know he's first place in my life. That he, he doesn't want pieces of me. He wants all of me. And so as our, our team gets ready to sing and play here, what would happen today if we said, Lord, we're going to change our posture today. I don't know if you've ever bowed before the Lord Jesus. It's, it's one of the greatest robes of humility you can put on. Where you say, man, I gotta bow. I gotta bow before the Lord. And it's not only a form of worship, but submission that says, I gotta have you, Father God. I gotta have you. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.